Welcome to the Pokes cast. I'm Ryan Thorburn, the Wyoming beat writer for the Casper Star Tribune. And today we're going to recap Wyoming's first loss of the season, 24-14 at the Air Force Academy. But uh, first I'd like to introduce uh, my guest slash boss, Jack Nowlin, the sports <laughs> editor of the Casper Star Tribune. Jack, how did we end up here together? Tell uh, it's a long story. I don't think everybody wants to hear the, the whole tale, but uh, geez, Ryan, I remember when uh, back in the day when I was working in Lander at the Wyoming State Journal, and I think you were at the Saratoga Sun. And then <laughs> over the years, uh, I mean, we both started out at uh, the Branding Iron down in Laramie at different times, and our, our paths crossed once before at the Star Tribune back in the late 90s. Um, you went on to to bigger, I don't know if I want to say better things, but bigger things. And then, uh, you know, I, I went to Michigan for a while and ended up back here about eight years ago. Yeah, that's right. Seven years ago, I guess. And then uh, you you know, came back on board a few months ago. So yeah, that's uh, the, the cliff notes uh, version of how we got here. Yeah, absolutely. You're right. As soon as I graduated from Wyoming, I couldn't decide, you know, whether to, to get a master's degree in journalism or just to get started. And the Saratoga Sun had an opening for a one man band to do everything, you know, news, <laughs> sports, take photos, um, yeah, lay yeah. the paper out in the old way that we used to lay newspapers out, um, develop film, all of that stuff, which kind of dates how old I am. This is uh, probably spring of 94, something like that. And then Ron Goldberg hired me at the Casper Star Tribune and I started my daily newspaper career and now it's full circle. So yeah, I cut, went to Boulder and covered the Broncos for seven years and the Buffs for six years. And then uh, the last eight years, I was in Oregon and Eugene covering the Ducks. And, you know, I just felt like it was a, a good time to go full circle and come home and, and cover Wyoming. So uh, that's what we're doing. So far, so good. Here you are, and, you know, we've got our first uh, snowstorm of the season. So I don't know what it's like down in Laramie, but we're, we're getting socked pretty hard here in Casper. Nothing so far. We're recording this, uh, what is today, Tuesday morning, and a couple snowflakes, but nothing really. It sounds like it's more to the north, this big storm. But, yeah, I'm sure I'll, I'll have to relearn how to shovel snow and – uh, to deal with snow instead of rain, I guess. Yes. Learn how to drive again in the snow. It's always fun. So uh, there was no snow uh, at the Academy on Saturday night. Perfect weather conditions for Wyoming Air Force to kick off the Cowboys Mountain West schedule. And, and they go down 24-14, their first loss of the season. Um, I think the most disappointing thing from my vantage point is just the fact that they had a bye week and it doesn't seem like that really matters. And Craig Bull even alluded to, it doesn't matter if you practice four weeks in a row for air force, they're going to 
throw some things at you that you're not ready for. Uh, but I think it's kind of disappointing that, you know, Wyoming wins the toss, defers, and then it's kind of deflating when Air Force goes, drives the length of the length of the field. Wyoming goes three and out. Air Force does the same thing. All your all of a sudden you're down 14-0. That's kind of not what you would hope for after a bye week. You know, Wyoming's first offensive snap. They had a a, a play they thought was going to pop um, called. They had McNeely, you know, the third string running back out there. So they saw something where Maybe he could exploit something and then they have a delay of game and that's out the window. So that was disappointing. And then of course they rallied to tie it. And then the other disappointing thing is the adjustments. The second half, Troy Calhoun starts throwing the ball and, and Wyoming looks like they've never defended a pass before. So uh, that's to me is the most disappointing thing. Not that they lost because Air Force was a, a five point favorite. They're a really good Air Force team, but just, that Wyoming wasn't ready to uh, play their best game. I agree. I think I, I wasn't totally surprised that Air Force came out and was able to, to drive down the field. I think it was disappointing from, you know, Wyoming, uh, from Wyoming fans' viewpoint that they couldn't stop them on fourth down. I mean, they got them, you know, you, you think you get a team, the opening drive when you, you get them at, you know, fourth and two, fourth and three, well, they're going to punt. Air Force wasn't going to punt. And, you know, credit to them, they they were able to drive down the field. And the fact that Wyoming came out and got that delay a game penalty on the on their opening possession, I thought was really telling to me that maybe they weren't quite ready, uh, you know, to, to come out and, and match Air Force right away and, you know, give them credit for coming back. Uh, Valade's big run, obviously, was, was key to that. Um, I, I thought they, you know, went into halftime with momentum. They came out and they got down to Air Force, what, the 32 or 34, something like that. And rather than risk, you know, or attempt a long field goal, they decided to punt. And, that that was also a little disappointing, but you know that's something that Craig Bowl has has done for years is play the field position battle. He he keeps saying he has you know full confidence in his kicker, you know, and Hoyland has proven over the years, you know, one plus years that you know he can hit those field goals, but uh, he he just wasn't given a chance. Yeah, and if uh, for those of you listening, if you read my five takeaways story. Um, Monday, um, one of the takeaways was, I think it was titled, uh, what was it titled? Hoy, uh, Set Hoyland Free or something like that. But anyway, <laughs> it kind of questioned not only that first long field goal, which I get that. Um, there was a swirling wind. It seemed like the other direction was where you wanted to try field goals. And, and Wyoming was going into the more favorable direction late in the game, down 10 fourth and 10 at the Air Force 25. And I, I kind of questioned the takeaways, why not kick the field goal there, cut it to one possession. Um, maybe your defense can get, you know, a, a three and out and you have chance for a Hail Mary or, um, you know, some kind of fantastic finish like they've been pulling off in, in the non-conference. Clearly uh, Craig Bull subscribes to the Star Tribune and reads it, which I appreciate. And in his opening, uh, statements at his Monday press conference, 
kind of questioned me questioning those decisions, not necessarily, you know, the math on that or that I was wrong, but basically he wanted to make it clear that he does have uh, extreme confidence in John Hoyland. He just felt like they needed the touchdown first. Um, He felt like the receivers were starting to get behind Air Force and that they could they could get the touchdown first. Uh, Obviously, that did not happen. Chambers was sacked and fumbled. Um, Air Force brought pressure instead of, you know, just playing uh, playing it safe. So uh, it backfired on him. But I get his reasoning there. You know, you know, I would probably kick the field goal, giving Hoyland has only missed two in his career. And that was a fairly short field goal for him. but I get it. And his reasoning on the first one was that Wyoming, and this is a positive, after those first two drives, they started to shut down Air Force's running attack, especially up the middle. And he felt that um, if they just punted and pinned them back, that if Air Force was in a fourth and two or a fourth and three that deep inside their own territory, they would just punt it back and not go for it, which they're so good at converting. So, um, we can agree to disagree, but I totally get his reasoning, and and I think he understands why I would question him. Yeah, I I mean, and you know, like I said, Bull for years is is an advocate of flipping the field, and you know, it's uh, what a lot of coaches do. There's a lot of coaches who, you know, don't subscribe to that theory. Uh, you look at uh, L.A. Chargers. Uh, they're a team that is not going to flip the field. They're going to go for it on fourth down. Um, you know, Craig Bowl is is not one of those guys. And based on how the the defense had played at the end of the the first half, I could understand that. And then you know, give credit to Troy Calhoun and the Air Force for coming out and saying, okay, you know, you you prove that you can stop the run. So we're gonna we're gonna mix things up a little bit, and that you know. That really took Wyoming by surprise, and it was obvious watching the game and then in post-game comments from from some of the players and and from Bowl, they did not expect Air Force to be able to do that against them. Yeah, I think the game flipped on on a couple plays for Wyoming's offense. They were driving in the third quarter, a chance to score a third consecutive touchdown and really take control of the game or at least make Air Force play from behind for, for change. Um, Chambers had a nice pass down the seam, deep down the seam to Isaiah Neuer, who usually makes those 50-50 catches. It was, he high-pointed it, almost came down with it. I think that probably would have been a first-and-goal situation. He didn't get it. Um, that would have been a big play. And then they still drove down after that and converted a first down. But then, um, you know, first down in the red zone, uh, Chambers tries a naked bootleg and is just crushed for a four-yard loss, and they ended up um, punting as we've gone over from uh, deep inside Air, Air Force territory. So that changed it, and then once that defensive stop happened, Air Force went to the passing game. Uh, Daniels finished seven for ten in the second half, passing with a touchdown after not passing at all in the first half. And and the fact that Wyoming was not ready for that at all is – is kind of what cost him the game. I agree. And, you know, like you said, you know, we talked about before, and I know you talked with, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, Robert Gagliardi last week leading up to the game, how 
we all thought Wyoming would really benefit from, from having the buy. And then they came out and, and it looked like the buy didn't matter at all. And then to hear Bowles comment that, you know, you could have four weeks of practice and if Air Force is clicking, it, it's not going to matter. And that kind of seemed <laughs> to be the, you know, what happened is I don't know if Wyoming would have had another week to practice if they would have been ready for it. Yeah. The other disappointing thing I think is, is that Sean Chambers didn't play great at UConn, but they won. And, and this was really a rough game for him. He was sacked four times. He did make a couple of uh, Houdini plays to get out of sacks for third down conversions, but all in all, he was under pressure, uh, lost a couple of fumbles and, and really at a low completion percentage. I had a chance to talk to him on Monday and, and we'll have a story in Saturday's um, uh, special section wrap uh, preview in the Fresno State game. You know, obviously he's from the Valley, like Josh Allen, uh, and didn't go to Fresno State like Josh Allen, although it sounds like Chambers had a shot to go to Fresno, whereas they totally ignored Josh Allen. But anyway, I think the key to this whole season um, kind of hinges on how Chambers bounces back this week. Uh, I'm not saying they have to win this game, but they have to win this game if they really want to um, achieve their goals of, of winning the Mountain West Conference. I don't think you can lose us, go 0-2 in conference and win the conference, in my opinion. So can Chambers bounce back? We'll see. I think that's the key of the season. Um, you know, the defensive line's coming on a little bit. Uh, we'll see how the secondary does against Fresno State. Uh, I think they'll do better than they did against Air Force because they'll be ready for it. And, uh, you know, they have a, a knack for coming up with those pick sixes. And, uh, you know, Bowling – or not Bowling Green uh, – Ball State, you know, if they play like they did against Ball State, they'll have a shot to beat Fresno State at home. So uh, I just think this whole thing is about Sean Chambers and his leadership and improving that accuracy as the season goes on. I agree. And one thing we've heard since, you know, camp began was the leadership qualities of Sean Chambers. And I think he, you know, he proved that, you know, in the, in the non-conference, even when he didn't have a great game, he was able to march the team down and, you know, get those winning touchdowns against Montana state and against Northern Illinois and then against UConn, you know, he was able to do what he needed to do at the end of the game. And I felt like against air force was the first time where I felt like we were seeing the, the Sean chambers from the past couple of years where, you know, he, he had happy feet. He, he wasn't really getting his feet set even on some of those completions, like you mentioned, um, you know, where he was scrambling and, you know, getting those passes off and everything. But all in all, it was not a great game for Sean Chambers. He admitted that. And, yeah, he needs to come out and be better if this team is going to win. And I think they know that and he knows that. And we'll see how he responds on, on Saturday and, and going forward. Yeah, and I think – you know, the four sacks, you know, you could, you could blame the offensive line, but from, from what the players and the coaches are, are saying, they, they've done a pretty good job improving in the pass protection. Um, he has enough time. He doesn't have all day, but he needs to, 
get in the pocket and trust his, you know, first or second read and let it go. Um, and I think if he does that, you know, that could help the offensive line. You know, I don't think they had a great night, but certainly uh, the right side opened up a massive hole for, for Valade's 74 yard run. And I think they're good in the two minute drill. You know, they have the two minute drill to tie it in the first half here. And, and as we know, they, they, you know, beat Montana state on a two minute drill. Uh, they beat Northern Illinois on a two minute drill and uh, you know, they scored late against UConn before UConn rallied. So uh, makes me wonder if they would consider going more tempo more regularly, or if they just, you know, the bowl away is to grind it out. And then if you have to go two minute, throw it at somebody, but, I think that's an interesting thing that they are good in the two minute drill and, and the offensive line, you know, that's supposed to be the strength of the team. I don't think it's played at an elite level, but I think they're getting, getting their groove a little bit. I would hope so. I mean, those guys have played together for so long and, you know, this, you know, as far as we know, they've been healthy through five games and that's, that's a key. And if they can stay healthy, you would think that they would just, you know, continue to, I guess, find their groove. And you'd like to see them, you know, keep improving on the pass blocking and also open holes for, for Valaday, for, you know, McNeely, um, for Swin, um, you know, whoever's going to be back there. And I think uh, a lot of people, you know, would like to see, see Valaday run a little bit more. I mean, this is a guy who led the Mountain West in rushing the past two seasons, and it seems like you know he he's had limited touches um, for what they've been able to do. I understand they've been you know spreading out the the carries a little bit more, but uh, I don't know if it's saving Valaday for later in the season. But for him to only have what eight carries against Air Force seems like far too many or far too few, I should say. Yeah, and he did. He did have a hundred yards, so he made yeah. the most of those. Obviously, the seventy-four yarder. Um, yeah, and I think they should should use him. You know, catching the ball more too. He's got a, a yeah. real nice pair of hands, and um, you know, I get it. Titus wins a powerful hard runner too, and and you know, a fresh Valade in November would be good. I know Valade's main goal is to play in all twelve games. Um, that's a main goal of Chambers, given his injury history. So. Um, but they need to turn it around this week to have one of these Novembers to remember. So um, we'll kind of, I'll preview the uh, Fresno g- game in detail with Gagliardi later in the week, but um, let's move on to just a Mountain West recap. You know, I've been voting in the AP poll this year, which is very challenging. I think over 40 ranked teams have lost already. Um and the Mountain West rankings that we run on Saturdays are also tough. They've fluctuated quite a bit. Um, like I had Wyoming three last week. They, San Diego State and them were the only undefeated. And uh, I think I have them like six this week. And um, I have Nevada on top based on beating Boise on the blue turf. And um, Carson Strong, six more touchdown passes uh, against poor New Mexico State. Uh, do you see... Nevada is the favorite in the West, or do you think uh, Fresno State's still that team, even though they stubbed their toe at Hawaii? Uh, I I would say Nevada, with the way Carson Strong is playing, is going to be tough to beat. 
But then again, I mean, Fresno State looked really good early. And yeah, they stubbed their toe against Hawaii, but we'll, we'll see how they bounce back. And, you know, you, you look at San Diego State also looking really tough right now. Um, and I know Wyoming fans might not want to hear this, but Colorado State seems to be figuring things out a little bit. I mean, they're, they're definitely playing better than they were at the first of the year. Absolutely. Yeah, the bottom of the league has changed in terms of the rankings that I do. Um, you know, at one point, CSU was in the bottom when they, you know, weren't ready to play South Dakota State, which is a really good FCS team, which would kind of like being not being ready to play Montana State. You know, Wyoming, I think, was ready to play Montana State. It's just Montana State was good. Uh, and South Dakota State is really good. And, and they hammered CSU in the opener. And then CSU loses at home to Vanderbilt, which is by far the worst power five team in the country. And, and a game, really, you, you need to bounce back. So they lose those two. Uh, and it was looking pretty dire for Steve Adazio. And then all of a sudden, they, you know, they got a nice win at Toledo. They played Iowa really well in a loss at Iowa, uh, number two Iowa these days. Yeah. And last week they take it to San Jose State and lo and behold, the Rams alone in first place in the Mountain Division. So uh, Wyoming fans who thought the border war would be an easy uh, boot, get the boot back situation. That's not going to be the case. You're right. CSU uh, looking pretty good right now. Yeah. Um, you know, you look to this week, um, obviously the Boise State. Um, Air Force game is is the one that people are going to be watching. That's going to go a long way toward, you know, determining the the Mountain Division. Yeah, I think there is one uh, positive from Wyoming losing to Air Force for Wyoming fans, especially those that like to go to the games, uh, maybe older people or or whatever people that have to drive a great distance is. That loss means that the Wyoming-Fresno State game is at 1.30 p.m. on Saturday on FS2, whereas Boise State, which took down number 10 BYU, uh, speaking of, you know, the parity in, in college football this year, I had Boise State, you know, kind of near the middle of the pack in last week's Mount West rankings. Now they're back up near the top after taking it to BYU in Provo and ruining the Cougars' uh, slim playoff hopes. So yeah, with Boise state doing that air force beating Wyoming. Now that's the prime time CBS sports game at 7 PM. So um, it'll be nice to, to wrap up the coverage of uh, Wyoming Fresno and, and check that out on the couch or wherever. Exactly. And that's a huge game. I mean, I don't even know who you root for if you're Wyoming. Let's say Wyoming beats Fresno and you want to get back in this mountain race. Um, you've already lost to Air Force. So you don't have the tiebreaker there. You might want Boise State to, to beat the Falcons because you have a chance to play Boise State still. So that's, that's kind of interesting. It is. I mean, like you said, it's you kind of want Boise State to win, I would think, because you do get a shot at them later in the season, but, you know, first things first, Wyoming's got to take care of Fresno State on Saturday, you know, to get things started. And of course, you know, we mentioned Nevada's near the top of, of the, of the heap and 
you know, Wyoming doesn't have to play Nevada unless it's in the championship game. And same thing for San Diego State, who's now number 24 in the AP poll. Um, they beat New Mexico 31-7. They're 5-0. and um, And they're at San Jose State this week. So uh, Brady Hoke, you know, I covered his one year as the defensive coordinator at Oregon, and they were, I believe, 126th in defense out of 130 teams. It might've been 128 teams at that point. And that <laughs> led to Mark Helfrich getting fired. So it's kind of crazy that Hoke was ran out of Michigan, um, bounced around quite a bit, um, fired at Oregon as defensive player, and now back at San Diego State doing some things. That's a, that's a pretty interesting story. Uh, whatever, <laughs> there's something that works for him and the Aztecs, you know, and uh, yeah, it's the old school running defense. You know, he just follows Rocky Long's script and maybe, um, you know, maybe even better offensive line play because that's his background. So uh, watch out for the Aztecs. Yeah, there's some of those coaches that uh, are, are good head coaches, but then they don't succeed as coordinators. And then you've got other coaches who can't get it done as head coaches, but then they go their their coordinators at bigger schools and they find success so for Brady Hoke obviously being the head coach of the Aztecs you know it's a good fit for him yeah so I I think Wyoming does catch a break in in the sense that they don't play Nevada they don't play San Diego State during the regular season and they get the other you know contender over there at home this weekend Fresno State they don't go to Fresno they host them so if they are able to get this win, um, I think you could argue that the West division is stronger than, than the mountain division. Um, all of a sudden you're back in it, you know, um, you host New Mexico, who's down, uh, you go to San Jose state, who's back to reality, or you're yeah. at, you're at San Jose state, who's back to reality. And then you host the border war. So, uh, if you get on another four game winning streak here, uh, which is available to them. Um, now they're a slight underdog to Fresno State, three and a half, I think. But, um, you know, maybe your your goals are still out there in November. I think they are. I mean, obviously a disappointing loss. You know, you don't want to start off conference play with a loss. But, you know, to be four and one and to have everything still sitting out there in front of you, you know, you, you got to look at it as a glass half full you know, type of thing and, and just move forward, hopefully get the win against Fresno state and then build off that. All right. Well, we will uh, hit more on that later in the week and uh, continue to uh, rate and encourage other Wyoming fans to subscribe to this podcast. And um, we'll try to, to build it out as we go. Um, thanks for joining Jack and we'll talk to you soon. All right, Ryan, thanks for having me on and, uh, you know, continue doing a great job and we'll talk to you soon.